0: entrepreneurs turned besties share on life, business, and the journey through the mess. Join their community with every new episode for connection, education, a few laughs, and the hype energy like a bathroom full of drunk girls at a bar. It's okay. We're friends
1: friends now. now? Hey, y'all. It's Biz. And on today's episode, we are talking about feeling the fear and doing it anyway. (laughs) And I've got, of course, our co-hosts here, Ashley. Hello, hello. And Katie. Hi. And that's what we're talking about today, is really just feeling the fear and what to do with it and, and all of the above. So let's jump right on into it here. What uh, what role has fear played for you, Ashley? Like, I just, Yeah.
0: You know, I have such a weird relationship with fear. I grew up as a total scaredy cat kid. Like I would not go on roller coasters. I would cry the entire time my family made me stand in line. I would beg for them to let me just wait off on the side of the ride. And they made me go on so many roller coasters. And they always thought like, oh, she'll have fun when she's on it. And sometimes I did. But I was such a stubborn kid that I was like, I refuse to admit if I did. So I... (laughs) Just how old were really... you when you like with oh, like first time in life? That like starting from six years old, and then I sort of started wanting to ride roller coasters maybe when I was like 16, but still was a little apprehensive about them. I had one boyfriend and he wanted to go to the Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> I think that's the truth. <laughs> and I wanted to impress him. I don't know if you guys have seen Knott's Berry Farm, they have one of those stupid rides that you just sit in a big circle basically and it takes you straight up. And then holds you like way, way up there and then oh, just yeah. drop you straight down.
2: Yeah. Absolutely
0: not. Yeah. They had one of those and he wanted to do it and I wanted to be so. And it's like just such a cool of girlfriend. <laughs> so I voluntarily did that one. I thought I was going to pass out at the top of that ride. Um, like, you know, like just tunnel vision, staring straight ahead, not moving. And he's like looking at me like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like <laughs> dead pants straight, not talking to him. Like I probably look terrifying. So that, so anyways, I have been weird about fear my whole life because not only have I struggled with being sort of a scaredy cat type of person, but also being annoyingly stubborn about it. And
1: so, it's weird. <laughs> I have to tell you the story before you move on too far from that boyfriend story. Cause I have one too with similar, like with uh, roller coasters and it's, it's cool that you like did it anyway and it spiraled you into like now loving them. Right. Like, do you like them now or you don't like them now? Oh yeah. Now I
0: love them. And I'm waiting. Like my kids are scared of cats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, I heard you say that too. I'm like, okay, like I've got a decade of forcing live on them. And then eventually some boy is going to come along and she's going to be like, Oh yeah. Mom's prepped me for this my whole (laughs) (laughs) life,
0: And then they'll finally be like, thanks mom.
1: Yeah, like the, that's the I'm laughing because that's the exact same, like, similar story of how I ended up on a roller coaster for the first time. <laughs> and I was in high school, and it was like this one where you sit and your feet dangle, and oh, the God. like harness comes over your shoulders. And we went around the first loop, and it was my first time on a roller coaster ever. And I felt something pinch me, like in my shirt,
2: mm-hmm. and I
1: freaked out. And I thought it was the like holster holding me. That was like pinching because it was shaking, and that I was gonna fall out. And so, like the entire time, I started having this like nervous break, like anxiety attack, like snots like flying <laughs> on my face. I'm like screaming, like all of this shit. I'm pretty sure I'm dying. And I get off the road, off the ride, and I still feel this thing pinching me in my shirt. And I shook out my shirt, and it was a wasp. No! That stung me no! like. So many Yay. times on the road and Yay. on the ride. And my um, boyfriend at the time stomped on it and like saved the day. But I spent like an hour in the infirmary. And I told people for like, like literally a decade. Like it wasn't until, I mean, God, I think it was like recently, like within the past five years since I got on like a real roller coaster. Again, because I felt like it was like an omen that I should never, I should never get on roller coasters ever. You had <laughs> your final destination moment. But yeah, like a wasp must have gone down my That's- shirt, like in the first loop-de-loop and just stung, stung me the horrifying. entire time. It was awful. That- so that scared me from doing them for a long time. And uh, oh, I just no. started doing them again. Yeah. That-
0: <laughs> this is going to be my new question to ask people is how do you feel about roller coasters? Because what an interesting... It's such a story. gateway, it right? Is. It's like all of
1: our, like pretty much everybody's got a good roller coaster story at some point. I feel like we find like it, so it is, it's a good gateway into fear. So what else? Okay. What other exhilarating things? Like I definitely would not consider myself a, um, like an adrenaline junkie. Would either of you, are you? I, you know,
0: I don't call myself an adrenaline junkie and I don't really imagine myself to be by any stretch, But I feel like I was—I spent so much of my childhood trying to be stubborn against doing things I didn't want to do that sometimes I didn't do things I wanted to do because they were too close in line with the things I didn't want to do. And so I was like, I'm just going to be completely stubborn and not do any of it. So (laughs) when I became an adult and I was kind of like, this is dumb. There's just stuff I want to do. And yeah, people are going to kind of be like, That doesn't really make sense that you did that. And I don't care anymore. So I just wanted to start experiencing things and not be in my own way anymore. And that is what has spurred me to do a lot of the things that like people would be like, oh, you're an adrenaline junkie. But it's not, I don't know. I'm not chasing the adrenaline. I don't even really like a lot of it. But it's like, I don't know. I don't like it because
1: I've never tried it. So like my dad used to always talk about once in a lifetime experiences And like that's how like like I grew up with it with that framing that phrasing and so I like to I always tell my people like I'll do anything twice for a good time (laughs) because (laughs) you know because like the first time like I might have done it wrong you know what I I, I, I might have cut down your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, with that, but, but too, like I'm an experienced purchasing person too, right? Like, I mean, yeah. what else do we have in this earth to, to do, but to do that, I think at least that's me. What about, what Katie, what do you think? Are you, what do you think?
2: I don't think I'm an adrenaline junkie, like at all. I think I'm also an experienced person. Um I like base jumping has, ab- I there's nothing in me that wants to ever do something like that, but I think certain things would be fun. Like, I, I don't know, I think a lot of things I like are enjoyable, if but I, I don't think it's the adrenaline. Like, somebody, what was I? Oh, I was watching Love is Blind the other night, <laughs> <laughs> or no, 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 I'm Going sorry, I was, <laughs> no, I was watching Married at First Sight, I was showing Brett. Oh. Because- <laughs> these people went out on some four wheelers and the guy was like, she joined me in an extreme sport today. And I was like, well, that's not really extreme or like an adrenaline thing. But it got me to thinking about it because I do really love four wheelers. And I think it's like experiences where I can just be totally free and really present. And like that's super enjoyable to me. But I don't think it's like an adrenaline thing. And I actually very much don't like to feel out of control. That's um, what I was
0: so, just, I was going to say, you yeah. know what, Katie, for being somebody that I know likes to be in control, the yeah. two examples you gave, base jumping, you're not in control. Yeah. ATVs, you are. Oh, yeah. 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 So I that think goes. that's think
1: So is that away. what you're scared of? Are you scared of not being in control?
2: I'm not, I don't think I'm scared of the adrenaline. I just don't yeah. like it. Yeah. No, I
1: hear you. I'm scared of not being in control. Like that's, that's like the root of a lot of my fear. I do think. you do
0: you struggle with being a passenger when other people are driving?
1: Uh, if I'm not busy, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I struggle with that a lot. Can we have Can we have my husband as a guest host real quick to talk to? about <laughs> <laughs> what I'm like, as a passenger, he hates the, it. The title of Shane and Brett's episode
0: would be uh, <laughs> "Stop Making That Sound." <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> this is me while they're driving. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I wasn't a nervous passenger until I got in a really, really bad wreck. Um, and oddly that. enough, I wasn't scared to drive after that, but I was very, very scared. I, I think it's because, um, like, the only reason that I walked away from that wreck is because I was driving and I was able to, like, maneuver my car in such a way that I, like, very narrowly saved my life. Um and so now when I'm a passenger and I'm not the one in control, no matter how much I trust the person or how great of a driver they are, I just, I, not I new. hate it. It's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like I have imaginary brake pedals <laughs> in, in my passenger seat. My foot is like stomping against the ground. So going back to fear. So we've, we've talked about,
1: we've talked about, um, we talked about stuff that where like we started. Right. And then like Katie just brought up a really interesting point um, about something that changed that there was like a moment in her life. Right. And Ashley, like you were kind of saying like, you're not sure when that moment changed. So like we know that there are like times that we can identify where something that we weren't scared of all of a sudden we became scared of. And I think that that is maybe like just growing up. Right. Like you, you're not, it's all about risk. It's risk layering right? And like each of us have our own individual risks. And, you know, um, I just think that's cool how that represents how, how it's pulling itself out.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting, because my fears of like, your daily stuff, things like, oh, like, what if something bad happens to my kids? What if something bad happens while I'm driving? Those kinds of things have increased sub- like significantly for me. But with that all the fear I used to have of things like roller coasters and like the, just things that you don't need to be scared of that has gone down. So it, like f- almost, I don't know if I would say flipped, but.
1: It's well, I mean, yeah, day. it's yeah. yeah. I like that. It's cool. Like how your value layering's there. I think that's like, I think a lot of women can address that or can really have parents in general, not just women. Right. But then like, yeah. once you have spawn, like it's no <laughs> longer about you. Right, and so I think a lot of people, a lot of people can relate, can relate to that. Um There, that. What did you call it. that value
2: layering? Value layering. Value layering. Am I going to rename intrusive thoughts to value layering? You yeah. should. I <laughs> made that up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, it's brilliant.
1: Yeah. Well, it goes back to the. The value layering is something that I've been like hyper focused on lately, right? In like all areas of my life because I'm really into this whole what am I saying no to when I'm saying yes to this. Yeah. yeah. And like getting really hyper focused on all things uh, that I've been learning from Katie too. I
2: blah. Uh, so we should have recorded this on a roller coaster. <laughs> 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 Next time, <laughs> you know what's really funny though is like on roller coasters. So, like, I went to Disney a few years ago, and um, they were like, "Okay, now when the camera, like, when you get to the camera, you know, do this face or do this action or whatever." And I'm having the time of my life, and in every single photo, I'm like this. like I'm not actually scared but I think it's because it pushes me to be so present that I'm just enjoying it for like whatever it is and (laughs) like I did not even know there was a camera you could have told me 25 times in that moment I'm dropping like the bottoms out and my face
0: (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, am a total screamer on roller coasters like I just can't help it (laughs) And my husband is not like he, if you ever seen that guy who does the straight face on roller coasters, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's, that's what my husband is like. Shane is so straight faced on him. And we went to (laughs) Disney world and we went on the brand new star Wars rides. I've never been on it. And it's just like a, like, you're just like driving through stuff. It's fast and everything, but it's not a roller coaster. And so you get to this one part where you're like, almost, it feels like you're like in an elevator and you're looking out the window of like the spaceship and out of nowhere, it just drops. Oh, <laughs> It was so fun. The kids loved it. I loved it, but I just screamed so loud. <laughs> and that is their favorite memory because Shane just looks over at me and just shakes his head. No, like <laughs> does not approve of screaming.
2: <laughs> you know what I think part of it is though, is like, Living – and I'm sure I'll talk more about this, but, like, as you're trying to overcome fear or as you're living your daily life and especially when you have some kind of fear or perfection, like, hang up or whatever, like, those situations – where it's acceptable or expected to just let yourself be. It's almost like the control thing, right? Like I'm not in control of what's happening. And I have to trust that whoever built this, made this is in like was in control of what they did. And so I just tell myself, like, I'm safe. I'm okay. And then you actually allow yourself the freedom to like enjoy it and scream. Because in my normal life, I'm a very expressive person. However, I don't go around just like having massive reactions to things unless it's like like, I cry a lot, but, like, I don't, I don't just scream. I'm very much a, like, respond, don't react kind of person. And I think it's those situations where I'm forced into a position of, like, I can just scream my heart out here, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> I also it's love okay. that you just said respond, not react. Like, yeah. can I just chew on that and internalize it? Okay, thanks. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So there was, you know, it's crazy. You're talking about the control thing, right? Or like when something happens to us, that makes us scared of something that we weren't scared of before. And it's like in my case with roller coasters, right? Like I wasn't scared. I just never really had the opportunity to do it. And then I was like, wow, I should be scared of this. Like, (laughs) there are things that I didn't even consider that could happen to me to put me in danger. And I. And I think that that's that's what it was for me. But, you know, like what's so crazy is I'm sitting here talking to you guys and like the last time, like it took me, I think, really close to two decades to get back on a roller coaster. And the thing that did it was peer pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Peer pressure or or FOMO, right? Like the fear of yeah. not with my friends. It was a um, a group of our friends. I don't know if either one of you were with us, but we were actually in Orlando at Universal Studios, and I wasn't gonna like wimp out and not go,
2: right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And so I am. Um, I still haven't gone on like a real roller coaster. I would think. I think the, the I went on the scary ones in Harry Potter World. Um were fast? This is what I did. Yeah, and there's that that Hagrid's ride one is gets got it's got a little bit little bit spooky stuff got, in it. Got some um, but it's so cool, like listening to you talk, Ashley, because like the full circle of that is then because I went on it with my friends. It was like brave enough to do it. I um, brought Liv back later in the year and made her do it with me as her uh, first like big roller coaster. Yeah. Um and then like it's kind of cool like I'm sitting here listening to you guys and realizing like my kid actually makes me brave a lot of times yeah. because really the first roller coaster I got on was the little ladybug in city park with her <laughs> in New Hello. Orleans
2: because she wanted
1: to ride it and I wasn't going to wimp out in front of her you know yeah. like of course mama's brave you don't need daddy for this i got this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's and so true. like it is it's other people i think sometimes that kind of force you into to getting over your fear or like for me it's like seeing other people do it right the same thing with the ear piercing like i think it's such
2: an, that's such an important conversation too and i think that it can have a lot to do with fear so i'm gonna are we are we clocking at what time tears start episode? episodes i'm pretty sure i'll cry <laughs> in this <There> <laughs> time <stamp. laughs> um so like I don't remember being fearless much in my childhood. Um and then when I was 14, I broke my back in six places and watched my entire future like just dissolve. What I thought um every plan that I had for myself and my life was stripped from me and I mean, you know, to the point where I was given 6 months to live when I was 15. Gosh. And That's terrible, like after it's weird because for a while it didn't even sink in. Like I yeah, was, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, like our favorite out. word. I was like Delulu about really? it. I was like, you know, I mean, I was fourteen, and I was like, okay, cool. That's like once real. I feel that, be- once I feel better, I'm gonna go back to all this stuff. Um, and after I after that happened, I became a very fe- fearful person, and. I noticed it first um, when we were on a road trip and I was I all of a sudden just started like freaking out going over a bridge and I had never mm-hmm. been scared of bridges. And it was also weird to me how quickly I just accepted that of why well, I'm scared of bridges. But then I was scared of everything. And um, I think that having something so out of my control changed the entire course of my life, really impacted that. But then I as I got older and there's a lot of times in my life where I've seen different fears come and go and I can break down the beginning and end point of them. And usually they're significant events. And one of the overarching things in my life until my mid thirties or mid twenties, good Lord, let's not age myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, was realizing that my perfectionism that I, clung so tightly to because I loved how it made me present myself and my work was actually a fear. And it was driven not from an experience, but from an environment that I had been in for so long. And I was so scared to show anything of mine that wasn't finished, wasn't perfect, that I didn't have like fully prepared with 10 arguments about why it was ready to go or good (laughs) or whatever. And a lot of it had to do with like growing up in an environment that I was in and Um, You know, so interesting having that stripped away and, like, peeling the layers back on that and how to get away from that perfectionism and let go of that fear and that really, like, being feeling safe to be seen. Um, And once I started to let that go, a lot of other fears diminished too because when I realized that I'm strong and capable and good, then – you know what? What does a roller coaster have on me? You know, it can rock my world for a couple. Not months, shit. But- <laughs> I, can't.
1: I can't let that go without interrupting. That that is so great, Katie. You're right. Absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. One hundred percent, and that is so rock solid. It's so rock solid there without the shit there. I mean, I I love you for that. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is where safe to be seen came from and why yeah. why I pull it from. I mean, yeah. Katie, that's absolutely incredible. Rock on.
2: Thanks. And I think it was a combination of like, um, you know, my coach at the time who finally told me that my perfectionism was paralyzing me and that I actually wasn't hitting my goals because of it. Um, and then being around people who saw through it and actually really like they saw the imperfect parts of me that I thought I thought I was really good at hiding them. Um, <laughs> They saw the imperfect parts of me and they didn't use it as a negative thing. They used it as opportunities to pour into me and love me and like mm. either grow me or teach me how to leverage out different things. And It made me kind of let go of some of that fear. And now it's beautiful to be fearless. And when I am fearful of something, I sit with myself and journal a lot about why and where it comes from. And it's almost always stemming from like something unresolved in my soul. Yeah, that's so true. Fear, I think there's so many places
0: it can come from. And fear of things like the product of our work, the convictions that we hold, our own personal value those totally stem from something that is just so unhealed within ourselves. And it's really hard to identify. It is.
1: And I think that's kind of like what we were talking about or it's a recurring theme with us about having people who've waddled through their own shit before they come to a place to have a conversation, right? And like, I think that is individual for each person in each relationship but the premise itself is necessary right to have the respect or the the place to pour into someone's life and yeah. um i love that we're doing the letters of recommendation podcast that's talking about that because it's kind of our opportunity to talk about each of us have shown up in others lives um in that way to establish that relationship. But the the relationship in itself still needs to be established by you being vulnerable about the things that you've been through and feeling safe enough to be seen with the person you're talking to. And that right there is, is I think the biggest issue is with the perfectionism as a whole, like what Katie's talking about. Maybe that's part of what brought us all together in the first place is to talk about the perfectionism and what that does but that that affirmation of being safe to be seen is such a foundational like foundational affirmation for between katie and i's relationship um and it's funny because it didn't even come into didn't even come into works until a couple months ago i mean we've been friends for years yeah it was so
2: it was so funny because actually um one of our other friends kristen carter shout out to all of your arizona real estate needs um (laughs) She uh, she sent me this TikTok and she was like, I saw this this morning and thought and for some reason felt like you needed to be see, it, see it. And it was this guy just talking about feeling safe to be seen. And it's funny because my initial reaction was, I feel pretty safe to be seen. And then I was like, mm, nope, you know what? Actually, maybe there's like this one little part of me that I've been working on. And so I sat with that for a little bit. But immediately when I watched it, I was like biz. Biz and I just had a conversation that's so similar to this. Mm. And so I was like, obviously, I need to send this to or I need to see this to send it to her. But then it also like made me think some more. Um, But I, I and it's so interesting to me how that perfectionism shows up, because especially, you know, like we're all entrepreneurs and we all really highly value our work. And yeah. so that's something that we're really proud of and the perfectionism I feel goes hand in hand with it because we do sometimes have to, we feel like we have to fight for our place at the table or we have to fight, you know, like I love having a chip on my shoulder. I love being the underdog <laughs> and proving my worth. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like, I think that we cling to this perfectionism as something to be proud of when really like the Beauty is unpeeling that and like you allow those other spaces to grow. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I don't
0: think I'd ever have said I struggle with perfectionism, but I do struggle with adequacy and feelings of that mm. in terms of like you're saying, oh, you kind of have to fight for your seat at the table is that I know there will always be somebody who's doing more than me, somebody with a bigger business, somebody who's more present, somebody doing this or that and the other. For sure. And I struggle with that immensely because I always feel like, okay, if I'm going to show up and do, let's say this podcast, well, who am I? There's somebody else out there who's built more Mm. community, who's done more for their friends, who's done this. And that like, it's, it's never been in my head. Like I need to perfect the product I'm putting out. It's more the fear of who am I to be putting out the product.
1: Imposter I relate syndrome. to that a lot. That imposter syndrome echo wow. in your head for like what you're what you're fearful of. And the thing is, is you just got to do it anyway. We can thank Brene Brown for that mm-hmm. with me. And uh, I mean, obviously Brene Brown. I feel like she should be a household name at this point. And, <laughs> like to to at least know who she is. I mean, you know, but what she talks about is vulnerability and shame. Um, and how, and she writes about it really beautifully because she draws on this human connection, like this, this string where like anybody who reads it can instantly relate. And I think it's really powerful that she's That's built simple. this whole hmm. empire, right? On yeah. calling out the human connection and is what it is, and reminding us all that we we all experience this stuff. And so, you know, I, I think the same way. In fact, with this podcast, I mean, that's why I rallied you guys not. Well, sorry.
2: Ugh.
1: I hate to say it like that. I don't
2: want to say it like that.
1: Like I rallied you guys. To you it.
2: totally did, though. It was your idea. I know. Um, I
0: showed up to a group message and I was like, what are we doing? Where? <laughs> <laughs>
1: A podcast. Well, that's why I rallied you guys together is because I know that I'm scared and y'all are scared but like the three of us together that we can actually push the button and that's kind of like going back to what you were talking about actually right is yeah. that and I feel but that's what I was talking about was like pushing the button right like so many times I think the key to success is just pushing the fucking button okay Okay, Seriously.
2: it's it's well, I won't. It, whatever, it's not Sunday. It's, can we go to about can, fear though? Like, can we go to church? It. Can we go to church for a well, second? Can I just take us to church? Just, my church finger. I'm ready. Hold up! You gotta whip it out. You gotta hold, hold on. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. Katie's raising her church finger. Got to be quiet, girl church. <laughs> <The> girl <laughs> church. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna flash back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> I was given six months to live when I was 15 years old. Okay. There's no medical scientific reason why I outlived that. For those listening, I'm 35 now. I'm not really great at math, but I don't think that's six months. I'm again, check my numbers. (laughs) Okay. I lived, I lived a lot of time of my life thinking that if I was not just grateful to wake up or like happy with what was in front of me, then I was an ungrateful person. Mm. The truth that I'm about to say is as true for me as it is for y'all. You are here for a reason. And that reason is to not sit hold up in a room alone and keep your talents and uniqueness to yourself. You are here because you are special. You are equipped. You are capable and the world needs you. You belong in whatever fucking room you want to be in and you better get off your ass and put your feet there. It is doing the the world a disservice if you sit around and think that you're not capable because you're good enough to be here, you're good enough to draw a breath, which means you're good enough to impact other lives, and you have no idea who doesn't have the courage to stand up and say that they need help with something that you have had somebody else give you a lifeline for. I just feel like I need to start like... I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. No, exactly. And that's but that's the whole thing. So, like, why I roped you in is because I know you will push me off the ledge in this pep talk. Here's here's why. Guess what? Here's why. Guess what? Now everybody gets to be your friend, Katie. Everybody I get to to listen to that on repeat over and over and over again, whenever the fuck I want, because we have this podcast. (laughs) Paragraph the end. (laughs)
2: That's in me. <laughs> but here's the thing there are there are people that i respect like that i respect their accomplishments right and so you think oh they've earned their space to talk about x because they have accomplished x y and z i am far more interested in the people who have done the work the hard work deep inside themselves and strive for the things that align with my heart then I am listening to somebody. So that person Mm -hmm. has no more right to put their voice out there than we do to put ours in because we are doing the deep work, the hard work, and the necessary work. And if we actually want to make the world better for those who come after us, this is the kind of shit that you have to do. Because it's not about selling 10 more houses a year, and it's not about making more money, and it's not about X, Y, and Z accomplishment that you can do in your work. It is actually about human connection.
0: Because there's no great way to measure that growth. No. And I think that right. people struggle with that. They're like, well, how do I know if I've improved? And to be honest, like I, you don't. It's just something you have to feel your way through. Look at your circle of friends.
1: You're, we're waddling. We're, we're
0: waddling, waddling together. <laughs> and, but, and even your circle of friends, right? Like that will yeah. change. It will shrink. Yep. It will grow. It will deepen. Yep. You will have to say goodbye to certain people when they- yep. You know, they, when they it turns refuse out to, negative, to level
1: up with everyone. And that's the yeah. cool thing I want to talk about with that, too. Like, if we're going to talk about fear and whatnot, it's also like, you guys hold me accountable to not being a scared little shit. Yeah? I mean, yeah. like, you really do. Like, you push me off the fucking ledge. And that's, that's that we'll a of it right? Like you do, you shove me off the ledge and Ashley
2: said it best in her letter. When we were talking about letters of wreck. when we said that she's super defensive and she takes care of her people. And she said, I'm going to protect you from yourself too. That includes pushing you when you're uncomfortable. Yep. Thanks for her. Yeah. You
0: know what it (laughs) is
2: to me? Fear
0: has become an indicator of where I should go. So wherever I'm feeling fear, I should follow that. And it's like unraveling it and seeing, okay, well, what you, maybe it's something deep inside of me that needs healing. Maybe it's an experience that I just need to feel and get over. Um, And sometimes it's an, it's like a connection that I need to make, like putting out this podcast today, I was telling Katie uh, that, you know, I was like, so afraid of our first episode (laughs) airing talking about. And if you don't follow me online, I make a lot of TikTok videos and so she's laughing because she's like, you make content all the time. And I was like, yeah, but like TikTok is strangers. Like our podcast is <laughs> going to be people that know us. And I have this cognitive dissonance that anybody that I know actually sees my TikTok. And so it's still- I, know. I, know. I <laughs> you know, know. In my mind. Doubt about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's that connection. It's like, should I know these people? And they're going to see this? Like that it's so so like that is something that I really want to explore now I want to follow that like why am I afraid of people that are in my life and choose to put themselves in my life seeing my stuff like what is that so I'm so going my exploration
2: I think there's a really interesting connection of like you valuing their opinion right because so I grew up doing a lot of performing arts like I was in theater dance I theater sang whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And it was always so easy for me because on stage there's spotlights and you can't see the audience yeah. and I didn't care how many people were out there. But then things like I can go sing in front of whatever size crowd it doesn't matter. But then when I was doing the national anthem for like our high school sporting events. I was so scared because I knew all of them and one of my friends I went to warm up before and one of my friends came in the room with me and when I went to warm up all that came out of my mouth was <laughs> She was like she was like, "Well, don't do that." And I said do that. I said, "Well, this is one on one." I said that's 200 on one and the odds of one of those people thinking that I'm okay is a lot better than like this 50-50 shot that I have. <laughs> with you.
0: It's so true. You know what? That's probably very true. Like when it's someone you know, and I do value their opinion, if I posted a TikTok and somebody I knew commented and was like, this is not it, I would be horrified. <laughs> but strangers say that kind of, they'll say like the most vile, evil thing they can think of. And I'm like,
2: LOL. Like i know i got told that i was the worst agent to ever walk the earth this morning and i'm like cool i need to heat up my coffee (laughs)
1: yeah and this is where the drunk girl bathroom comes on in scoot on in here. let me love on you for a minute dust you off and slap you on the ass sitting back out there Uh. fuck all that noise mm-hmm. and, and continue i'm not even an agent anymore i know like, yeah. is that? <laughs> um anyway but <laughs> but we're just talking about friends hold on it's, it's like, like so are I'm we like, talking I'm about like, like mama bear out right now i'm like put me in let me add him you were, hold on, what the fuck were we even talking about? No, so, I do think that there's something to be said about, like, the people's opinions that we care about, right, and, like, those circles blending, and I think that that's part of it with us, like, entrepreneurs, but honestly, entrepreneurs, and really, because we all start with somewhere in sales, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, I mean, I think we just need to call a spade a spade with that one, because we're taught to... Put ourselves there but not too much (laughs) and it's kind of like the barbie monologue times 10 is what i feel like right because then we're almost taught to to market our vulnerability and i think that that's really um where it gets dangerous i think sometimes with with speakers and why i like the the rawness of of us podcasting and when we're just talking to each other right because it's it's real life and I think we need to talk about that some with the fear because all of us, or the, well, at least you and I, Katie, I mean, you and I, Ashley, um, have talked about it a lot. Like the fear of like multiple people, like seeing, Or oh, no, hold on. Pause. All of us have talked about it. This, this is why I'm, I even am getting nervous about talking about it because like, this is really my fear representing itself. And like the fact that, we have people from our family, from our professional life, from our friends, from like all these different seasons that we are brave enough to have the conversations and waddle through. Um, and I, I just want to make a point to to say how proud of y'all and us mm-hmm. I am for saying these things And like knowing it and pulling the lever and doing it anyway and feeling the fear is, is what I mean, not pulling the lever and doing it anyway, but feeling the fear and pulling the lever and doing it anyway. Um, I use, I'm going to say that again and feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Um, and I done y'all talk.
2: I can't talk anymore. So there's actually a book called feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, I don't remember the author's name, but I can look it up. Uh, and it's it's really great, but it talks a lot about this concept. And it was very helpful for me because um, as I try to logic through a lot of things, I think that I try to overcome certain feelings yeah. and make them, like, not exist, which my husband mm-hmm. has now uh, told me that that is actually, like, a trait of sociopaths. So I probably shouldn't <laughs> try to not have emotions. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh. Yeah, probably not. Um, and it's okay to think. Feel fearful or feel fear and not let it dictate your reaction or your actions or your life and to lean into it. And as Ashley was saying, use it as a growth chart, right? Of like, okay, I feel fearful about this. Why? Why do I feel uneasy or whatever other – word you want to use to describe it, but why do I feel this way? And allow yourself to actually feel it for all that it is and then process through where it's coming from. Um, Because oftentimes, like the thing about people we know listening to this, if you're fearful about them hearing it and you feel inadequate, my thought to that, because when I first had that thought was it's probably somebody who like, I didn't show up the way I wanted to in some capacity, like I've probably messed up in front of them in some way and felt unworthy. And now if they see this as negative, it just proves that point. It proves that negative thought in my head that like, I'm not everything I could be or should be or whatever.
0: Totally. I 100% agree with that because that is a huge fear of mine. Obviously we're human beings. We've had connections that haven't always worked out or we've had schedules. Like I've, Messed up a class I was supposed to be scheduled for, and I forgot about and didn't show up to, or something. And so now I'm like, that's all that person thinks of when they think of me. Yep. So the judgment, the talk that they might share, or the the feelings they'll have about this, yeah. will be negative.
2: Yeah. You know that's really
1: interesting the way that you're talking about that, Katie. Because I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk, and I'm waddling in my own funk, right? And <laughs> uh, and I resonate with everything that you've said. And at the same time, y'all pushing me off the ledge to put yourself out there anyway, as like an example um, of what's going on, but I'm so uncomfortable about
0: it. Interesting to me because we talk about fear and vulnerability and how it's important to be vulnerable especially when you're showing up online and I almost want to teach people to replace showing up as vulnerable and instead think of it as showing up as authentic because there's like this push to almost make sure that you take your pain and turn it into profit. And I think that that should be what we are trying to do. Like take the, take the pieces of you that are the, the deepest struggles and put them out there and make sure that you, Are profiting from it and to me like that's that's intense and it might work for some people and I don't know that all of us will ever waddle through all the shit to get to the point where throwing it all out there is helpful to ourselves and to others
2: so I I think also sometimes there are things that you have to go through in private and that's I know it's very helpful when you can give people someone to relate to, but some things you really do need to be able to process in private. And we've all kind of created, I like to think of home as like a bunker, right? And whether you define home as a physical space or a person or whatever, but you have this home base, that's like your bunker. And sometimes it's only between you and that person. And maybe later on down the road, you can share and you can be vulnerable about something that happened to you but it doesn't mean that you have to share every single detail of your life constantly. Could somebody maybe benefit from it? Perhaps. But could they benefit from the better you that comes out of you doing the deep work privately and allowing yourself to process things? Yeah, they can do that a lot more, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just you like showing up as the growing person you are yeah. and not the person that just word vomits everything you're going through.
2: Right. And right. So, yeah.
0: I think like, and that also makes me think about with feeling the fear is sometimes there's so much pressure on feel the fear and do it anyways. And I'm a huge supporter of it. And sometimes I think it might be feel the fear, get all the information, make an informed decision,
2: you know, like you remember I remember what I wrote about you in your letter of rec. <laughs> so he's
0: getting all this information yes i am a collector of information I, So, going back to when i said i was forced on roller coasters and the fact that i hated roller coasters was pretty much embedded in the fact that i i didn't like being forced to do stuff that i wasn't ready to do i might have come around to roller coasters a lot sooner in life had i not been forced on them so when my kids started showing up as afraid of roller coasters i was like okay i'm you know i'm gonna encourage them i'm not gonna force them We went to Great Wolf Lodge not too long ago. It's one of those big indoor water parks and they are just now getting into water slides. They both like them. There was one of those four person ones where you can all sit on the tube together. And they are like, yes, we want to do that. So we go up, we get in line and we start seeing, we get up close enough where we can see people going. And my daughter Cassie who is 12 is like, that looks really steep. And I'm like, it's probably not. It's a four person ride. Like I doubt it's (laughs) steep. We get a little closer, and then she's like, no, that looks really steep. And I was like, you know what? Let's just get all the way to the front. Let's take a peek, and we'll ask the lifeguard about it. Yeah. We get up to the front. We look. I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll be super fun. And then I go, hey, you know, to the lifeguard, what is this ride, like, really steep? Is there a big drop? And she goes, have you ever been on this one before? I said, no, none of us have. And she goes, okay, yeah, it's a really big drop. And I was oh. like, well, you weren't supposed to say that, because now they're not going to go on it. But, like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, But then I was like, deep down, I was like, you know what? They both want to turn around. Let's just do it. So we turned around. We left. We went back down to a different water slide that we knew we liked. And when we left Great Wolf Lodge, you can see the water slides from outside. So we stopped and we looked at the tube and I saw the drop. And I thought, thank God we weren't on that because they would have been (laughs) traumatized. They wouldn't have gone (laughs) on the water slide with me because I'm sitting there reassuring them like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I didn't actually know that um, I would yeah. have been fine. I would have, you know, but they might not have been. And so sometimes it's, I think there's some level of you, you just got to get the information and you might feel the fear and decide it's not time yet
1: to pull the lever. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I think that, that there, I love that you've got, they have you, right? Like your mom to help them guide you through those decisions. And I think that's the big part of teaching is so that way they know, right, better than all of this and that um, with it. And I love that you're that you're doing that. And I love that you share those stories with me too, Ashley, because, like, it reminds me that I don't have to be such a hard
2: ass all the time. <laughs> I think, so, I think you, Ashley, like, you just summed up so much of what I was thinking about, like, when I say find your people, that was such a perfect example. And thank you for sharing that because – sometimes overcoming fear or feeling more comfortable is because you have somebody with you that you trust who has done more research or has just like when I said I was scared of roller coasters until I would talk myself into like, well, some kind of engineer built this who understands what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. And so like you play that role for your kids, right, who they're going to trust what you say because you're the adult. But they also know that you're going to protect them and, like, when they are uncomfortable. like Yes, obviously, we could go down a rabbit hole of, like, pushing your kids, you know, when they're uncomfortable and teaching them about doing uncomfortable things. But, like, you are going to watch out for what they need and telling them it's okay. Like, you're not comfortable. You don't want to do this. This isn't what's best for you. You're okay. And for you as a parent to respect those boundaries is enormous and is going to help them so much. I feel like not being fearful because they're going to understand how to collect data and do research and then make an informed decision and not, it doesn't have to be fear or not fear. It's just, let's get some information and decide and whatever I decide is okay. Yeah, totally.
0: And don't get me wrong, I've shoved them off of a few things. With For sure. Their eyes, but, like we went sledding once and they were scared of the sledding hill and I was like, goodbye.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I think that was such a cool example. But yeah. also, Ashley, and this is totally switching gears. I know you had shared with us, we talk a lot about Uh, Like events or whatever leading us to feel fearful or being fearful of a thing. And you talked a little bit about feeling like you were on an island driving you into some fear, right? And I know you touched earlier on some imposter syndrome, but did you have like a driving force behind that or something that changed it?
0: You know, I think like I, so I went through a divorce like, I don't know, six years or something ago now. And that was a big driving force in just It's, I got married really young, and you just go through this real shockwave of who am I without this other person and without this role of wife, and my role of mother has changed, and I'm all of a sudden forced to figure out who I am. You want to go out and like make friends, but you don't know how to present yourself. Somebody says, Who are you? What are your interests? And you're like, Ow. I have no idea. Um, And that, (laughs) was a huge driving force where I just threw myself off a cliff. And that is when I started saying, you know what? It's just time for me to experience a bunch of things that might not be me and see, you know, they'll make a good story. Like there's a yeah. song after, Oh, ah, now I'm going to have to edit this out because I'm going to forget what it is. It's from AJR a hundred bad days, a hundred bad yes. days, a hundred great stories. hundred oh, yeah. great stories make me yeah. interested in the parties. Yeah. Um, I love that song. And that came out, I think, pretty close to my divorce. And so I was listening to that. And I was like, this is totally like, 100 bad days, 100 bad stories. Let's go. Let's just try shit. So I signed up and I went skydiving. And you know, my family's laughing because they're like the kid that cried on the roller coasters is voluntarily skydiving. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I like I'm in a meetup group and a group of them were like, hey, we're gonna go skydiving, we get a group rate, it's super cheap, who wants to go? And I was like, I will. Why not? It's a group of yeah. Help you jump off, and so it showed up and coupon. Was- Sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> up, you guys have all done it, and like a lot of them were repeat skydivers. And I was like, I've never heard anybody say that they regret having skydived. Like, have you? Right. No. Never. They never, never. say that. Turns out there are people that have. <laughs> well, the ones
2: <laughs> the ones who do usually. Burr- typing like i'll never do that again yeah but- you hear from those people yeah, i don't think we're gonna hear the ones
0: <laughs> who regret it um <laughs> but it's so <laughs> funny because i was i am still like i said i'm a screamer i show up to the skydiving place they're fitting us for everything i it was like an hour and a half drive so i had a huge coffee i show up there they're fitting us for harnesses and everything in my whole life, public speaking and everything, I've been like, if I can go first, I'll be happy to get it done. I want to be the one that gets it done. So I'm like, yep, I'll be one of the first ones up in the plane. And they put the harness on me. And I thought that they were going to take it back off for a little bit. But they didn't. And I had to pee so bad.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and
0: they're like, okay, so we got to go get in the plane now. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to pee my pants while I am skydiving <laughs> the whole plane right up super calm. They're showing us stuff. The other girl I was with was panicking. She like, couldn't talk. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great. This is so fun. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Oh, by the way, you know, people do pass out while they're skydiving because oh, they forget gosh. to breathe. So they said, if you feel like screaming, make sure you do, it'll help you breathe. Cause the air oh. force is just so it's so That's the thing I wasn't expecting is how intense the wind is from the jump. Say (laughs) less. So I'm so calm. We get to the right altitude whenever. And I'm the first one out of the plane. calm. (laughs) They flip the door open and there's a picture. I'll repost it because it's so flipping funny to me. My face is just like (gasps) as soon as they open that door and I'm looking straight down and you have no choice I mean like I was one of those people that always joke if I'm skydiving like I'm gripping that you can't I don't know how they do it but you just can't and so they just take you out of the plane you're standing on the wing of the plane and my guy did a flip and I'm just screaming (laughs) because they told me to and I'm such a good student I scream It's a Sunday. There's a church in service getting out right below (laughs) us. We get down to the ground. We land. I'm like, that was awesome. That was so fun. I get, you know, I walk back over to where everyone else in the friend group is and all the instructors and they're fucking dying laughing. And they said, we could hear you the entire way down. (laughs) (laughs) Approaching land the whole time. They said I was the loudest person. That has ever been there. So, did you get an that, award? That's, I was like, that's my badge of honor. Thank you. And then they give you a beer, thankfully, when you get down, because you're like shaking your adrenaline and your nerves, and they give you a beer and it helps so much. And I got to go to the bathroom. So, didn't pee my pants. Loudest screamer.
1: Win win. I would not have been able to, I've been like, not dog, like, you gotta take this off right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's just so funny because it was like, I'm so freaking glad I did that. And I, you know, I tell a lot of people I didn't wait for like a big birthday. Like a lot of people do it for like their 30th or, you know, like it's a yeah. big milestone thing. And I didn't do that. And I'm glad I didn't because, you know what, like I get on the ground and you're like, so, so much adrenaline, so much is going on. And you kind of feel like a different person. You're like, I just did something I never would have done before. And that's so cool. And I'm so proud. And then everybody gets down off the skydiving trip and everybody goes home. And I had to go to the grocery store because I needed to get groceries. (laughs) And you're like, okay. And I'm still the exact
2: same person I was before. Cool, cool, cool. Like You're walking through the grocery store. Like, did you know I just jumped out of (laughs) I came here from the sky. I came here (laughs) from the sky.
0: (laughs) It was pretty awesome. Like, you have no idea how cool I am now. It's just funny to me. Like, you feel all this personal growth, but like- outwardly nothing changes and that is kind of i think what spurred me into you know what it doesn't need to be about other people it needs to yeah. be about me it's not about am i worthy of other people it's am i worthy of my own time do i yeah. like who i am
1: yeah i love that that you just spun that in like a positive manner and i've always heard that presented In like um, the negative sense of uh, like um, like the like like whenever somebody puts you through something like the therapy session of like somatic therapy I think it's called. Hold on, I want to pause. Like I want to Google this because it's it's like worth. I think it's somatic therapy. Have y'all ever heard of this? Like literally look it up. Somatic counseling. It's a type of therapy that treats PTSD and blah, blah, blah. But it talks about connecting your mind and your body together and walking you through the physical, like physiological responses to your body during stress. And then you calming yourself down, like self-regulating from heightened state. So then the question at the end of it, essentially like, did you die? Mm. (laughs) It's like slowly, like re-exposing yourself to something until you like overcome it, like recognize that like you're safe, like through it on your own. And I love the way that you just equated that to like a positive reinforcement and like thrill seeking or like, new experience or opportunities to fail that you succeed through as something to pursue and i think that that right there speaks a lot as well to like when we're talking about waddling through shit and the hard work that katie's done in the sense that like that's the way that you share that perspective is the opportunities that you look forward to to have that to continue to develop your person what? And I I think that's really beautiful We're talking about all this stuff that we've been through and getting to a point to be able to have a seat at that table, to have those conversations with you. Right. So maybe for people who haven't gone through quote unquote, and I'm doing big air quotes for everybody who can't see me, um, who are, you know, haven't gone through their shit. And are still working through it is that being like a goal to go through. It's like one, recognize the shit that you've been through, that you were scared of, Mm -hmm. that you did anyway, and draw some strength from yourself there and trust that you can do it again, you know, and that you're not going to die the next time that you do it. And then maybe even learn to seek those opportunities to hone in that skill To become more fearless, right? That's You
2: hit the nail on the head, Biz. I think that it doesn't always have to be jumping out of a plane, right? Right. I think the thing that that probably did, Ashley, that you talk about is like build up some confidence of I showed up for myself and I did that. And I talk a lot about how – because right now, you know, a really big thing is this like grit or hustle culture and whatever – versus being happy. And sometimes I think that grit looks like getting out of bed in the morning, right? Depending on where you're at. And so if you're in the midst of shit or a really fearful situation, you don't have to jump out of a plane, but you can find the equivalent of like, what's something that you're scared to do? And it might be a conversation or it might be a boundary and take a step towards it and show it for yourself because the next day, the next scarier thing, going to be a little less scary because you survived and you're okay heck yeah you did <laughs> we're your friends now and just <laughs>
1: like this podcast was yeah. what you're talking about, Katie, the whole time you're talking just now, all I keep thinking of is that this is the perfect example of it and how proud of us I am for our launching our first episode today.
2: No. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> We're actually recording our episodes like future episodes while we dropped immediately after we dropped the first one I think subliminally for me anyway a little subliminally so I can be distracted and get to (laughs) talk to you guys and not (laughs) be scared to watch it right and at the same time like I'm so proud of us for doing that so proud Um,
2: I am too can I can I share I put this in our group chat my Facebook memories from today a year ago and I checked them I it's funny I usually check them like right at midnight right as I go to sleep but I checked it like right after I uploaded the podcast and it became live on a couple places and on my Facebook and Instagram stories a year ago today there's two things that I posted one says be messy and complicated and afraid and show up anyways I thought that was perfect.
1: And then mm-hmm. it said,
2: when it feels scary to jump, that is exactly when you jump. Otherwise, you're just you just end up staying in the same place your whole life. Oh I thought it was such perfect timing. Ooh, spooky. Good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the way that you said
1: it, Katie. It's the way that you said you showed up for yourself and you did that. Like that, I love that we showed up for each other and yeah. we did our first episode. For That's sure. what it was. It was that piece of it, and how we continue to show up for each other every week as we record more. Hell yeah, man! I just wanted to make sure I, I actually wrote that down, Ashley, to make sure that I got that Ooh. sound bit because it was a perfect segue. Katie was like teeing it up, like <laughs> perfect. But I'm so glad I didn't interrupt you, and that you don't get distracted by the train of thought I would have by my flailing. Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> because I almost interrupted you because it was such a good segue that you kept going and it just got better. <laughs> but I made notes and I want to bring it back because that was really good. <laughs> All right,
0: we're in an hour and a half, so do we want to try and do a wrap up? That's what yeah, I was but first,
1: like, wait. Okay. Yeah. That's so- again,
0: don't do anything. Else. But, but I was just. Yeah. Yeah. All, I'm gonna... you All right. Now your audio is cutting too.
2: Yeah. Crap.
1: Katie, can you hear me? I can, can now. Okay. Kind what were of. you going to say, Katie? I'm going to go pee first, but I'll let you talk first.
2: Oh, um, I was going to say before our um, before our wrap up, I have a um, girl math follow up from the last one. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go get up and pee really quick and then us just do, do some random sound bites or like stuff. Make sure we talk about everything that we think we need to talk about. So that way you've got clips to grab at the end. Is cool.
2: what I was thinking. Do you think that's a good idea, y'all? Bo Okay. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I like love and hate Tuesdays because I'm at the office. So I get so much, so much done. Um, And it's great. And also I just like <laughs> Brett and Connor are out having so much fun. And I'm like, mo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's, oh my god that's like you're always like oh, i just need i need a break i need to get stuff done i need you to take the kids and then they're with the kids and you're like oh
2: yeah yeah so Aww. connor's very connor's really into foot rubs right now which like <laughs> i saw your thing about that where he went <laughs> to do like, a snack <laughs> yeah i it's it's only gotten worse and again like he's two he this morning he was in our room And grabbed – I just have a lot of snacks. I'm just a snacky person. So he grabbed Skittles off of my table because they're his favorite. And he kicked back. I still sleep with my pregnancy pillow because it's so comfortable. Mm
0: -hmm. So he,
2: like, positioned himself on my pregnancy pillow with his little Skittles and propped his feet up on me for a foot rub. Um, (laughs) But then (laughs) Brett texted me that, like, they went home and they were eating lunch and Connor rubbed Brett's feet. Oh, I was like, well, that's adorable. But also like, bitch, I bring you snacks every day. Where
0: is my foot rub? Where's my foot rub? Because they they I think learning to this sounds mean, but it's not what I'm trying to say. Learning to care for your mom is like the last part because your mom is the one who cares for you. Like for sure, you know, unless you have mommy issues, like some of us, your mom (laughs) cares for you your whole life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, um, I don't remember if it's, like, six months or something before a child even realizes that their mom is a separate being from them. Right. They think that they're an extension that of them. And I think things. that, like, that's the first realization, but it's actually a much longer, like, development of realizing that, like, I'm a totally separate person <laughs> from them. <Yeah. him. laughs> um, but I did think it was cute that he gave birth. Awesome. a the little- Little foot rub. I also just think it's hysterical that my two year old son now wants his feet rubbed every day. That is funny. Like, my kids had such ticklish feet. There's no way. Still my way. <laughs> his are ticklish, like if I intentionally tickle them, but when I guess when I I don't know. I I just think it's so funny. He just I drops have, up.
1: I have such a hard time with believing that I am close busy. your door thanks I have such a hard time believing that I'm as busy as it seems like I am yeah sometimes
0: I feel like I shouldn't be that I shouldn't feel as busy as I am
1: like it's just weird it's like I don't I don't know what alternate reality I'm living in but I don't know
2: somebody asked me yesterday they were like um, I have I need your help on something if you're bored enough to help me and I was like no, I'm willing not. to help you but I don't I don't think I've been bored in, like, many, many years. (laughs) Interesting way to phrase it. Yeah, I was like, you can just ask for help. Yeah, I think that was probably them trying to downplay it for them. Yeah, trying
1: to downplay it in them, but still.
2: Oh, for sure. And, like, I didn't take offense to it. It was just, I read it and I was like, wow, I haven't been bored in so long. I kind of (laughs) forgot that that's, like, a feeling. (laughs)
0: i would say probably during shutdown like full shutdown stuck inside maybe there were a couple days where i got bored because we were stuck inside for so damn long that might be and that was like well the kids were over at their dad's and i was by
2: myself (laughs) i don't know the last time i had i had a violent stalker i was getting divorced getting knocked up moving across the country a couple times (laughs) even then that's true you kept it spicy I think you, oh and you didn't go to the lake house, did you? I did not. Yeah. Crazy. That helped with the boredom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> minor minor physical assault altercation. You know, watch what, Ashton though? break a deck.
0: So the pandemic lake trip brought you and Brett uh, you know, into a family unit. The pandemic is what got common you- misconception. <laughs> Well you guys were talking before it, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But it that was the first time you guys had met in person or no? Oh. No, I nobody knew I went and visited him like two weeks before. Okay. <laughs> we didn't we didn't <laughs> tell anyone. <laughs> That's so funny. Because I well, and here's why, because right, I'm like going through divorce and stuff, and Brett's brand new to the group. And I was like, he I don't really want to mess what he was brand new that's right yeah he was brand new and i was like i don't really want to like fuck this up for him like i don't know if he's gonna be into a girl who's getting into like my life is messy right now and so like if he finds another girl that he's interested in i don't want everybody to be like oh no katie's got him you know whatever um and so we we just kept like super quiet about it until um i mean to the point of like somebody else on the like trip was making plans for us to hook up
1: on the lake i was
2: like (laughs) it's nice should we (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like so i don't think that's gonna happen and then when we got there it was like very obvious but (laughs) um but yeah no connor was conceived two weeks prior Oh. yes we we did not hook up at the lake because we were sharing a room So anyway, I didn't mean I didn't realize that was such a huge secret,
1: Katie, when I said common misconception like that. But it was really funny. There's
2: our no. new opener. <laughs> it's not. It's not a secret now. It's just back yeah. then everybody thought Connor yeah. was from the Lake trip because they didn't know. And it wasn't. It wasn't, and everybody thought they heard us, and they and didn't. they didn't. They did not.
0: That's so funny. Okay, sorry, Biz. Sorry. Okay. Okay. No.
1: <laughs> no i think i'm good i i just thank you guys for that i tr- actually i trust you a lot with that editing yeah. like and what we're doing um with it but let know that that's like i said it's just a sensitive subject for me right now like i'm currently waddling through that yeah um and like and like that's my vulnerable space like what you guys are talking about and like that's that's the thing why I kind of want to say like I'm not too scared to talk about it because I do believe that I could be a good example of like because I've done the like I'm primed like if I'm a mural 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 muralists you know like I've done all of the whatever and like I'm really at the point and that's like what's so great about this empire circle and like what I'm really realizing with all of you guys and why this is so beautiful and then I like it documented and it makes me nervous already. But like what I'm realizing with you guys is like y'all really teaching me like fully that I just need to calm down. And like that's what's crazy when I listen through with this podcast and it's like the most powerful thing to me is when I go back and I listen to it on gut and I am not in my head. It like makes sense and I can understand why you guys would want to be friends with me. And like, I mean, like it sounds, I mean, it sounds nuts, but like when it's like literally like I hear myself back and I can't lie to myself because it's my own fucking words right there, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And it's so fucked up, but like when I was listening back and I haven't really listened back all of it too much because one timing and da, 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 but like, it's cool. Like, it's really cool all the way around. And so I'm saying I'm not scared to waddle through it. I trust you to not expose me in a way that would be too embarrassing. But like, I very much am leaning into blending all of these different circles that I feel like are almost different personalities of me that have led to this jumbled dystopia of a person (laughs) that it's like, so when you're talking about like when you feel that fear, because you have, you know, you're worried about how you showed up, it's like, I can't keep track of how I'm supposed to show up anymore. So I'm just showing up how the fuck I can, the yeah. best that I can in the moment. And if you can't forgive me and have grace to fail for it and whatever, then like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know, oh and God I'm him. trying I'm trying really hard to have that courage and that bravery and like y'all is my friends, right? Like you talk about yeah. the perfectionism. And I think that a lot of it stems there from that perfectionist. Like you always want to, you know, peer the best shape you can for someone. And then it's like when you're in multiple environments and you have to be the best for that person at in whatever room you're in then you learn how to become the best of a lot of different places, and you can lose yourself and yeah. like that is what happened to me in Covid is I got pulled in a lot of different directions, and it's not that I wasn't being authentic. it's that you know when you have bits and pieces of you in other parts of your tribe, but not like a tribe that like sees you as a whole yeah and yeah. um and and that's that's why y'all are so valuable to me, because I and like when I say I feel safe to be seen, it's like the entire thing. And today's episode is brought to y'all by me, Biz. You know, the scariest thing I've ever done in my professional life was leave mortgage banking to build this new table, utilizing the transparent platform that my community mortgage LLC provided me. My community gave me the tools to build from fairness and integrity first. Embrace the fail fast, fail forward attitude I've grown to love. And, you know, the world needs more of us and we are so much more powerful together. If you're a lender listening or know of one who needs a stronger community to keep getting after it, please email me your resume at biz at my C for community, homeloans.com. It's so important to have like-minded people encouraging you to have fear and do it anyway. And there's always room for more at our table, y'all. Please consider this an open invitation to anyone who wants to take a seat and get after it with us. Biz at mychomeloans.com.